Welcome to Canada Homeschools, the dose of inspiration and encouragement for Canadian homeschoolers. Canada Homeschools features interviews with homeschool group organizers, resource suppliers, and conversations with everyday homeschoolers just like you, all from a Canadian perspective. I'm your host, Rowan Atkinson. I'd like to thank you for joining me. Now let's get started. <laughs> In 400 meters. In 100 meters. Welcome back to the Canada Homeschools podcast. And as I promised last week, today on this episode, the tables are going to be turned and I'm going to be getting interviewed by Teresa Wiedrich, who is the host of the Homeschool Mama Self-Care podcast and who blogs at Capturing the Charmed Life. I hope that you will enjoy this conversation that we had. And once again, I thank Teresa for letting me air her episode on our podcast. So enjoy. Welcome to the Homeschool Mama Self-Care Show. I'm Teresa Wiedrich from CapturingTheCharmedLife.com. Homeschool Mama Self-Care is for homeschool mamas looking for a self-care strategy or a few so we can tackle our homeschool challenges and turn them into our charms. In this episode, I get to introduce you to a homeschool mama that you need to know. Her name is Rowan Atkinson. She's a second-generation homeschooler who has recently graduated from two decades of educating her four children at home. She's a historical fiction reader, a British period drama watcher, a soccer player, a Sunday school teacher, author, and businesswoman. She is also tired often and falls asleep while watching those period dramas. She is the author of a book called Enough Already, Real Help for Homeschool Freakout, Burnout, and Zoneout, and the host of Canada Homeschool's podcast. So welcome, Rowan. I'm so glad to have you and introduce you to our listeners. I'm so glad that you're here in real time, or at least across the sound waves. It's really lovely to have a cup of tea with you all the way from Ontario to British Columbia. Cheers. Tell us a little bit about you, about your family, about your homeschool story. I'm Rowan, as you said, and my husband and I have four children. One is just about to turn 24, one is turning 23, one is 20, and one is 17 at this time. All grown up. And pretty much. And that's, that's fun, too. Um, my homeschooling journey, I actually was homeschooled for some of my education, not all of it. Um, and then my mom homeschooled my younger siblings for m- most of their education. So as I like to say, I grew up in a family with all the planets hanging from the kitchen ceiling and salt crystals growing beside the kitchen sink and books everywhere. And so I never planned to homeschool, which is 
amusing given that fact. Uh, but once I had our first child, I really felt the responsibility of training her up. And I felt that homeschooling would be the best way to do that. And so I, I was actually helping other people homeschool their children when my children were little and helping all these people get started at homeschooling, even though I didn't necessarily think I was going to do that. Um, and then I ended up doing it. So is that why you started to go down that path or did something else draw you in? I would say, you know, Deuteronomy, where it, we're commanded to love God and to put his commandments on our heart and then teach them to our children when we rise up, when we walk by the way, when we lie down, basically all the time. And I felt that that was, that kind of meant homeschooling in my case. It doesn't necessarily, but for me, I did, I felt like I didn't want to delegate and I had always planned to be a teacher. So it didn't seem like an impossible thing because I'd seen it done. Obviously my mom did it. And, uh, and I was wired kind of in that educational direction already. So yeah, my husband wasn't sure at first as husbands often aren't because of course, everyone knows that one socially backward homeschooled family that, you know, everyone worries that their children are going to turn out like that. I brought him to a homeschool conference just to check it out. And they had a special seminar just for dads. And he came out of there. Something happened in there. <laughs> he came out like everyone should homeschool and this is the best thing. So um, it worked really well for what I had been feeling that we should do. And yeah, so we just have done it for the past 20 years and I've recently graduated. So that's kind of my homeschool story. Congratulations. Thank you. So what aspects of homeschooling on your uh, homeschooling journey, journey were you surprised by that might have been different or just some variation that you hadn't considered? That's a super good question, especially for a second generation homeschooler, because we kind of have like we know what it looks like and we've seen it done. So it's not all a surprise to us. So I really had to think about that. I would have to say that really one thing that surprised me was how much my own weaknesses and issues would be revealed. It wasn't actually the um, the teaching or organizing curriculum. I happen to love those things. My poor brother, when I was 10, would have to sit around and wait for two hours when we played school so that I could make all of my lesson plans with my two identical <laughs> copies of The Cat in the Hat came back. So that wasn't the issue for me. It was more just, yeah, how much, how much you are, just your shortcomings are so revealed. Absolutely. <laughs> sometimes say that God wanted to work on, on my character. That's why I homeschooled. I actually had nothing to do with the children. And I think that's a common refrain for parenting in general, but because we're homeschool moms and we get to be with them all the time, then we get saturated in seeing ourselves in the mirror. Yes, we can't kind of be all over the place all day and then suddenly at 3.30 put on a nice, uh, here are some milk and cookies and how was your day? Because <laughs> we know how their day was already. <laughs> exactly. The other thing that surprised me, which shouldn't have, was that my children are not the same as I am. 
when my mom homeschooled me, she would work with me on my, especially math and what my lessons were in the morning. And then in the afternoon, I would do all of the things that she assigned me to do. And so I would actually do all of the things that she assigned me to do. And then I'd do a little extra on surprisingly history because I loved it. (laughs) And my children are not like me. So what would you say that your approach has been to some of those challenges or to seeing, I guess the way I describe it is seeing yourself in the mirror in a way or seeing your challenges, your interpersonal challenges or your struggles mirrored back through your child? How have you approached that or how have you gauged that? I think, first of all, it's humbling. And I've had to be sorry about it and confess and apologize. And kids are so great, you know, because they know you're messing up. So if you try to act like, you know, no, you're not, they're not buying what you're selling. But if you humbly say, you know, I messed up there. I'm so sorry. They're really quick to forgive. Like they just want to hear you say what they already know. (laughs) We make our kids say sorry to each other. So why wouldn't we say sorry when we're out of line too? I think that discussion of uh, mirroring in front of the, in our children or recognizing who we are, what our struggles are, definitely is a growing scenario. But at times, It unravels character struggle with different thoughts like anger or overwhelm or perfectionism or feeling not good enough. And it reveals all those patterns, I guess, in our minds. And then we have to figure out how to actually engage that on a practical level when it's overwhelming us in the moment. It's really true, like distinguishing between real guilt and false guilt, things like that. So it's all mindset work. It really is. What has kept you homeschooling then? That sense of duty for me. I'm a very, uh, there's a new acronym, which is uh, SRP, which is super responsible person. So I, I am like that. I do make mistakes, but um, if I feel that it's what is right and good for me to be doing, then I'm going to do it, whether it's convenient or not. In many ways, homeschooling is very convenient because you're not as limited by schedules, by other people's schedules. But, you know, it, it is a, definitely a big commitment and I've never made any, you know, any bones about that. So I think a strong sense of duty and just if I was called to do it, then I was going to see it through. Sometimes that's all, right? Because you have your vision for homeschooling and I believe that you should have that and I teach that and it's important. But that vision was something that you don't get to see the results until later. (laughs) It's called parenting. So you're not going to give up on being a parent just because, I mean, some people do, unfortunately, but, you know, you're going to be you know, the mother that you were made to be, you're not going to give up on parenting. So I wasn't going to give up on homeschooling until I felt that I had accomplished what I set out to do. So what does it feel like to be on the other side to have graduated from homeschooling? I would say the best part of the feeling is just having the weight off my shoulders of that responsibility. 
I do still have one school age child and he's at a Christian high school and thriving very, very well. And it was very good for him to go there. And, um, so it's, so I still feel that my mandate for his education is still being fulfilled in the way that his education is happening right now. Um, but to have that responsibility off my shoulders, very good. Yes. And of course, you're going to look back. Of course, you're going to say, oh, I wish I had done this differently or I wish I had known what I know now when I first started. Yep. But that's where we, it's like being a grandparent. Now you can help, you know, you can, you know, all the things. Now you can help others. But when you're in the middle of it, right, you're just learning as you go. And I said to my kids, this is my first time being a mother. So I've never done this before. <laughs> just, so grand you know, learning as I go, just like you are. Well, so grand yeah, no I, excuses then, hey? Then we have to be spot on. <laughs> I hear it's easier. Well, once again, once again, we don't have the full responsibility on our shoulders. That might be So we're not going to have quite the hangups that we probably had, especially being a super responsible person. Uh, so what, tell me about being a super responsible person. Have you also super responsibly taken care of yourself all these years? In some ways and in some ways not. It depends how you're defining that. I think oftentimes when we talk about self-care, people think, or at least I do, I think in dark chocolate Netflix and spa visits, which is kind of funny because I think I visited the spa not more than a half dozen times in my life. <laughs> but um, I think that's variable. I think there are so many different facets of self-care. And frankly, if I define it, um, then I think it's limiting. So taking care of ourselves, though, I think is uh, not instinctive as homeschool moms, or at least so I'm observing with other women. Um, it is definitely instinctive to be super responsible as the parent towards our children and we should be all things to them at all times and um, sounds like a good idea except it's not real and we do have serious limitations at times and it's not just character limitations it's actually you know if you're introverted you can only handle so many words in a day or um just that you know all those things that we were talking about grappling with overwhelm but when the kids were little i mean even just brushing your teeth and having a shower sounded like a lofty self-care idea but what would you say you've learned um about your self-care then over the years i wouldn't say that i've got it all down and i feel twice as guilty because i have a degree in physical and health education and I don't practice what I know that I could or ought. I could be your personal trainer, but I don't train myself. <laughs> and I do have <laughs> I do have a pretty full plate. And some some homeschool moms I think do make time for themselves, say to be f super fit and cook all the healthy things. Um, I had many seasons when I have, and then I have seasons when I haven't say that's an area that I, I'm a regular consumer of potato chips <laughs> solidly once yes. a month. Everybody knows if I've gone to buy a bag of Miss Vicky's that I might yes. be heading down my uh, PMS path. So we have to, take I have a, a theory about that. 
Okay, shoot. I have a theory about that. It it may be even a little woo-woo even for me, but um, I've just, as I explained to one of my daughters recently, I think your body is sad that it doesn't have a baby. So it wants to fill that void with okay. potato chips. I don't think you know. And all the salty yeah. things that are the last thing that we should be eating at that time because of water retention. But that's what I think. Okay, if you knew where that I sounds live. sounds super medical. There's a lot of woo-woo where I live, but that one I have not heard before. <laughs> <laughs> I think my body does not want a baby. I'm sorry. I have to disagree. <laughs> No, no, I'm not saying that you personally want one. It's just only your uterus that wants one. It's sad because it's empty. Okay. So therefore it is trying to fill the void with potato chips or whatever your thing is. I love that so much. I want to quote you in my book. (laughs) You may. Okay. So how did you create time for yourself over the years? Yeah, so I was thinking about that and thinking that time for myself is kind of an introvert assumption in a way, because it implies that self-care is alone time. Uh, But for me, it's not alone time. (laughs) I get energized by conversing with other people. So for me, it was more important to have an interest outside of and apart from the children, as opposed to time like alone time does that make sense it does I think um, I'm actually extroverted myself but I think just barely and definitely feel more introverted it's a spectrum it's a spectrum yes and I think yes I'm guessing most homeschool moms have actually decreased in their um, extroversion over the years but that I would maybe say that in the context of having kids around you all the time and chatting kids stuff all the time as much as yes because Because there's a difference between having children around you and having an adult conversation. You actually said something that I listened to on your podcast yesterday about employing children and that idea that as homeschool families that we would want or our children would want to be around us all the time. And I think I had that I definitely had that idea that we would all just be together and do read alouds until they were 25 or I don't know what I thought, yes, but yes. it turns out somewhere. And homeschool them until they're married, but that doesn't <laughs> always turn out to be the case. Probably not appropriate unless they're getting married <laughs> at 17, but okay. Um, I would, you know, I think I've seen that around 14 or so, maybe 15 depends on the child, but they um, do their own thing, right? Yes, especially girls. Okay, interesting. Good to know. My youngest is a boy. Well, the boy still needs you to kind of almost respect them as a man and not necessarily give them so many words and micromanage them that like they need their independence. Hi, it's Rowan. I'm going to pop in here. Uh, The internet started acting up during the interview, so I thought this would be a perfect time for us to have a word from our sponsor, and then we'll get back to the interview. You know, it's the Bad Internet Show with Rowan Atkinson. Are you homeschooling high school? Canadian resources are often hard to find. The people that brought you headphone history 
have created a Canadian Geography Companion Workbook to the Encounter Canada textbook. This amazing workbook takes the text and turns it into a complete geography credit with lesson plans, worksheets, and over a hundred instructional videos, allowing your students to work independently while getting the instruction they need. You can find it at headphonehistory.com homeschool on the podcast website or on Amazon. And now back to our podcast. relationally or think that they do like earlier can you repeat what you just said because it just went out yeah no problem so I don't know how far back I should go but I think that girls because they actually mature physically faster then maybe they need to um, be their own person at maybe a younger age I just have experience with three daughters and one son ditto they all need their independence but i'm just saying it's just a timing thing that's a little different that in my experience right yeah so tell me how have you built boundaries in your homeschool so that you can have time to learn about things that you like to learn and to pursue activities that you like to engage well one way i've done it is it's a mindset thing but if you're with your children all day, you have permission to go out in an evening. You don't have to feel guilty or bad that you're going out to small group or on a date with your husband. You can just go because you know that you've invested in them all day long. I think moms who aren't with their kids all day might feel a little more guilty going out in the evening because they also weren't with them all day. But because we are, we should totally be free, at least to go to small group once a week or something like that. So for me, that was one thing that was super helpful. And my husband and I have always, even if small group was our only date, we still, you know, at least had that. And we could talk all the way there and we could talk all the way home and we can be with other people and have personal growth too, as you do with those discussions that you have there. And so that was something that was always there for us, no matter what. Often we were leading the group, but we still enjoyed that. So it was still good. Even when the kids were little, just knowing they were safe and walking to the mailbox at the end of the driveway by myself and then walking back in just gave me like a little bit of mental space, even though it was such a tiny thing. Yeah, that is our sign that we need quiet time for sure. And I often think that going in the grocery store is like a quiet time, which um, is probably a sign we need more quiet time. Another thing is just don't, you don't always have to use recess to do chores. You can use that to read a novel if the kids are out in the backyard playing. So reading, I would say reading books is a, was a huge thing for me. I always had to read a book, even if I only got a paragraph in a day um, or if I got more chapters than I should have done and then maybe didn't get the dishes done. <laughs> but reading books was definitely something that was a survival thing for me. So what is a self-care, uh, self-care challenge that you have at present and how are you approaching it? I think I mentioned it earlier, but just that physical self-care. Sometimes it's like the last thing on the list. 
because of so many responsibilities, because even though I'm not homeschooling anymore, I'm on the board at my son's school. I am very involved in many ministries in my church and I love to be so. Um, and then I've been on a political board as well, a riding association, although I've taken a break from that. And that's part of my self-care to not be quite so busy. And then I have my bricks and mortar business. And then I have my headphone history business. So I have a lot on the go. And I'd frankly maybe rather take care of how stimulating that is for my mind or uh, my spiritual well-being I'm taking care of. But maybe my physical, I kind of put on like I make sure I eat my veggies but I could be working out more often and that sort of thing so that's my challenge right now I'm selling my bricks and mortar business and then my time will become very flexible and then I plan to invest a lot into my physical health as I'm going into my you know next decade I've found a solution to uh trying to if you know that you're supposed to do something the key is to write a book, then a course. <laughs> and then yes. You're accountable to actually showing up to do the thing that you say that you do. So as I, I go through my book and I'm re-editing and I'm always looking over it to, to see if it makes sense, um, I realize, oh yeah, I said I do that. <laughs> I better do that. I just don't say I do it. I just say <laughs> that I do play soccer in the summer and let people draw their own conclusions about how sporty I still am. I know as a young woman in our culture, and certainly in the family that I grew up in, image was a lot. And so because of that, I think I resisted it for a long time until being introduced to Dr. Daniel Amen, who is a medical doctor who focuses on brain health. And it was then that I became convinced that my goal is not about what I look like or what size of pants I wear and not about the image, but is my brain healthy? Am I providing my brain the things that it needs? And I, I, I didn't like going outside when I was a kid. My mom thinks it's funny that I have a homestead or that I want to be outside with my dog for an hour because um, I really didn't do that. I was the TV watcher as a kid. And now I find just, you know, going for an hour uh, cross-country ski or a hike or whatever, um, it really does help burn off tension for me. So I've had to have um, a huge reshaping, I guess, of my fitness and uh, nutrition in how I've approached it. By the way, I happily still eat Lay's potato chips or Miss Vicky's potato chips. This is not an advertisement. Miss Vicky's, Miss Vicky's. Absolutely. And the occasional peanut M&Ms. So what child stage did you find to be the most challenging to take care of yourself? And what strategies would you share uh, with our mama listeners and how to actually enact that? I would say the four kids six and under stage was the hardest for self-care because they all needed me so much they couldn't just get their own meals like you know now my kids can easily get their own meals if I'm not home or if I don't make a meal but you know they just needed every it was all diapers and breastfeeding and homeschooling and just all just everything daddy could get his own juice but you know they couldn't or it would be a disaster if they did so um, that was the hardest time and I would say making sure I still had something that 
was filling me up outside of the children. Even if I had to bring the children, like during that time, I ran a moms and tots group. So I was still serving and doing something with my children, but it was getting the adult conversation and I was pouring into maybe some moms who only had a two-year-old and didn't have a six you know, didn't have several that age and had a little less experience. So at least it was still something that was good for my brain. And then I would have to, you know, read parenting books and read books to have something to bring to them each week or whenever we had it. So, um, so that, and once again, not feeling bad if I went out in the evening because I was with them all the time. Although it was hard to find babysitters for four kids, six and under. So I would definitely find homeschooling families and the oldest child in a homeschooling family usually could handle my kids. And, um, and so I think that was the hardest though. And, you know, we are really kind of wired to naturally be a martyr. I mean, we were even taught when we're pouring everyone's beverage that you pour your own last, you know, if one piece is smaller, you take the smaller piece, like that's just the right thing to do. And then you become a mother and it's, you're just, you're kind of always last. It's like the oxygen mask analogy, right? If you don't put on your own, then you can't help someone else. I guess I have two thoughts at the same time. You know, you're juggling so many things. You've had your hands in so many creative ventures and um, work ventures and volunteering. You've got so many things going on. Um, you wrote a book on burnout. Is there a connection between <laughs> there is. just randomly you chose a book on burnout or was it related somehow? Well, I was speaking at a homeschool group recently, and the two topics that are kind of my area of specialty I observed were burnout and anger issues. I'm like, great, what does that really say about me? But <laughs> maybe I'm just honest about it and everyone else isn't. But yeah, <laughs> I I do a lot and I and I'm not um I'm not a steady conscientious person. I'm a visionary and I have lots of ideas and I get out there and I do them. So much more peaceful lives than I have, or maybe a tidier house than I have, but they're not writing books and that's okay. They're providing the nest that their family needs for them to provide. And I pay someone to clean my house. So not are, the whole house. I can't afford it. Are you an Enneagram type three? I will say that I'm not, super fan of Enneagram, although I know it's all the thing right now. Okay. My daughter did do it on me. And I think that might have been what it was. You but I kind of didn't everything. really overthink it. Right. Yeah. But so but I'm uh in the Myers Briggs, I'm high in the I, which is influencer people person. And then I'm also very high in the D, which is that type A driven person. Definitely. And I'm low in the small details, steady conscientious. So your discussion on burnout or your book on burnout, can you give us a mm -hmm. few ideas from your book? Of course, we'll direct traffic sure. to the book on um, the show notes. Oh, nice. So my book is Enough Already, Real Help for Burnout, Freakout, and Zone Out. And I'm not even talking about the kids. <laughs> but I would say that an ounce of prevention on burnout is worth a pound of cure. 
So I have two basic areas that I would say that I cover in terms of burnout, and that is here are all kinds of great ideas to prevent you getting burned out, like doubling up your kids on some subject, um, not trying to do eight subjects in one day, that kind of thing. And then I also have a lot of mindset uh, chapters about, you know, real guilt and false guilt and um, image maintenance and all of that kind of thing that sometimes we're getting burnt out because our own expectations on ourselves are too unrealistic or we're doing it to please others or we're hovering over our kids too much because we're we have fear issues or so yeah so I get into like the nitty-gritty of the mindset issues and also practical tips and funny stories from my children my illustrious children (laughs) and uh, it's really real and honest my kids would do things like They would go down to play in the basement and I would have a room with packed boxes for things that I could get to later, like calligraphy or other hobbies that I used to have. And they would find those things and puncture all of the peacock blue ink cartridges, et cetera, and then splatter them up against the fresh drywall. And all I was doing was making their lunch or going to the washroom or something. And they were so proud of it because they were artistic. And look, mom, we we did an art attack. And then I had a heart attack. I can honestly say that my children wouldn't do that, but it's because I think they would have a heart attack because they know how I'd react. Well, I had to work on that reacting. I had to be, I had to just realize I, the reason I'm so angry is not because I'm angry. It's because I'm actually stressed out because I'm already overwhelmed with my responsibilities. And then to add in having to deal with that and clean up that was just, it just put me over the edge. So a lot of our anger can be just because we're stressed out, not because it's anger. There are anger problems that are actual anger problems, and I get into that as well. If we can prevent burnout and prevent overwhelm, it will drastically minimize, you know, the stress and anger that we have. And then we'll have a much nicer, happier homeschool. Yeah, our internal expectations often are the things, at least I find for me, that breed um, wanting to have everything lined up and always doing things in a predictable way. The internal expectation of, I don't know, what is it? There's a, a million reasons to expect too much from yourself. But I know for sure, at least I can say this, my kids are definitely socialized. I'm driving to town all the time. And academics, I, I can see them actually engaging things. So they're very intelligent. Um, but I, that's only time that's rec- um, enabled me to see how rich of an education they've had over the years and to relax a bit. So I'd be great right now if I started homeschooling at this point, or I should say I'd be a lot better. But my expectations are lower because I've seen that an education really is happening with or without me at times. It's true. And so that was part of the point of my book was to just say, it's going to be okay. Now that I'm on the hindsight end, and yes, I made mistakes and a few things I would change. In hindsight, it was okay. When they went to grade 12 at public school to get their diploma and transition into before college, um, which you don't have to do, by the way, but we chose to do it that way and our kids wanted to do it that way. You know, they were in our province, Ontario scholars, so that, you know, they had honors, they 
got character awards. They aced everything. And they told me that homeschooling was so easy or so difficult compared to public school. So that made me realize with my younger two, okay, I don't need to be so stressed out about it. Like all the time I was focusing on my inadequacies, but it turns out it was adequate after all. Once you realize that, it takes a big load of pressure off you and you can have confidence that it is such a great method of education. And you knew that, but it's because we're carrying all the responsibility on our shoulders. Mm-hmm. We can't blame it on anyone else. You have a unique responsibility that you've carried for many years, and it's to earn an income for your family. So how has that, um, that responsibility affected how you've engaged your homeschool and also how you've taken care of yourself? Yeah, so that has been um, something that has been a challenge for me. And I think it's increasing in the homeschool world. I remember when I was having to earn money and I didn't know any other homeschoolers who had to. Um, So it was a bit lonely. And now I think a lot of homeschoolers do earn money on the side or however they can do it. And I think partly it's because the cost of living is going up so much, but also because a lot of homeschoolers aren't necessarily doing it for faith-based reasons now too. So that increases like there, it's a whole other podcast, I think, to talk about how Christianity affects your view of managing your home and working outside the home. That's a whole other conversation I know we'll be having on my podcast Um, so there's a bit of a mindset thing that you can feel guilty when you think that you should be at home. But then when I read Proverbs 31, I see that she was like a real estate flipper, a speculating farmer, you know, her husband, she had to work because her husband was an elder in the gates and he was, you know, leading the people spiritually and probably politically in that time. And he couldn't have done that if she wasn't doing all the things that she was doing. And her husband and her children rose up and called her blessed. But she also had staff. She had servants. So it really helped me to have a different mindset. Because my toilets don't care who's cleaning them as long as they get cleaned. But my kids do care who being with them and raising them. So um, I've always done things that weren't necessarily my passion, but I had to work around because my kids were my priority, I had to work around it. And that kind of caused me to become entrepreneurial. When I had a home party business, usually when I have businesses, they get carried away. And then I have to scale them back or do something else. So my home party business, I found that I it went crazy. And I had just still little ones. And I was still having babies while I was homeschooling. And I couldn't really shut it off. Because it was a really people business and you had to just keep it going. So then when I had a cleaning business, for example, I could shut it off. Like it was still a good hourly wage, but when I finished at the house I was at, and this is when the kids were older and I could go out for a few hours in the afternoon, then I could turn it off. And that was better for me while I was still in home se- homeschooling season. And I didn't really have that much time. Um, And the amount of ministry I could do at church, definitely, you know, it wasn't super high when I, you know, like you can only juggle so many plates. 
but you do feel, and maybe if someone's listening that is earning a living and also homeschooling, I think that you do feel like you're not doing anything well. You feel like you're not homeschooling well and you're not doing your job well because you're juggling both. And I remember when I first started homeschooling, I really thought that, um, you know, using switched on schoolhouse on the computer or videos was such a cop out. I was such a, an academic snob and, and I thought, well, that's such a cop out. Like you're not actually teaching. And uh, like all prideful statements that we make, we end up eating them later. Um, and I, so I did end up using a lot of computer programs, not for everything, but I, I often did it for the essentials like English and math because I knew if those two things were getting done well, um, then I could fill in the rest. So that's, uh, that's one practical tip for doing those kind of things. Well, I think we can learn from the Proverbs 31 woman who probably was also Enneagram type three with a wing of seven and possibly two. I don't know. But I think we can learn mostly from her that we should hire housekeeping. <laughs> yes, if you can. I couldn't afford it when I was younger. I ruined my back cleaning 12 other people's houses. So that helps me to justify it as well. Some people, some homeschoolers, or at least in kind of my older generation of homeschoolers would be so judgmental of that because they'd be like, you have four kids why do you need a house cleaner? Like they should all be doing chores. Well, they all do chores, but they've all been working in our family businesses too. So yeah. learning more useful there. Learning, learning not about what other people think is uh, definitely challenging, but boy, building boundaries into your homeschool. I, you know, I, I don't think I even really thought about that boundary. I was thinking more about the kids angle, but I think in the first five years, I was constantly feeling like I had to defend my homeschool choice. And after a while, I just didn't care anymore. And so when people would ask curious questions, I realized I'm just outside their scope of whatever normal is. So then I could just let that idea go that I had to somehow create, you know, my 10 point essay to convince someone that I wasn't doing something horrible to my kids. And now I just am not even, I don't even think about it anymore. Yeah. Would you say also, though, that a lot of people are like, wow, that's so cool. Like, it's not all negative out oh, there these no, days. No, it's not. I've even had someone bow once. And I'm like, wait, no, you didn't realize that I just That's uncomfortable. Yeah, no. Yeah, don't <laughs> yeah. bow. So in the challenging times of a family's life in separation or a death or illness or family crisis, what would you suggest are good go-to self-care approaches? First of all, with all self-care, you need to know what it is that you need and it's different for everyone. So for me, definitely um, prayer in a difficult time has been helpful for me or reading the Psalms. I've been through some difficult times where I've just lived in certain Psalms every day just because they're so authentically real and the author is so, you know, why is this happening? And, but at the end, he always comes to the conclusion that God is good and it's going to be okay. So I found that to be really helpful. Um, maybe as well, just gathering your family close 
your schoolwork doesn't matter when someone has died. It really doesn't. <laughs> Forget about your schooling. The kids, it doesn't matter. And it's an education for children to visit their grandmother in the hospice and to know how to um, get their heads and hearts around the whole idea of dying and going to funerals and seeing people bring you a meal or bringing someone else a meal. Like this is very important part of their education for life. And some people keep their children away from that sort of thing. And I don't think they're doing them really any favors. Um, so there's that. Um, but really just, yeah, gathering your family around you, like the people that matter and don't, don't worry about school. And that's something I wanted to say. And it's in my book too. It's in the chapter on zone out because we do have times in our homeschool. If we're going through difficult times in which we are zoned out, we're just going through the motions. We don't have it in us. And for a little while, it's going to be okay. You're your children's educations are not going to be ruined because you didn't cover those two chapters in that book. If they can read and communicate and do math, they'll, they can learn anything. So just remind yourself of that. Just, and if you have to do school or if it's a long-term thing where you're not, um, you can't give it your all, but you can give it a little bit then just figure out what's most important for us. It was just Bible, math, and English. That's it. If we do those things, we're good. Tell me how your faith <laughs> is a big aspect of your self-care. Because there's a renewing of the mind that happens. In So I'm a Christian, so my faith is biblical. Um, there's a constant renewing of the mind that takes place. There's... Uh, there's always holding things up to the light and uh, looking at them and learning to, I don't want to say be a better person in that you earn your, you earn your place with God because you can't earn it even if you try. Um, but because of what he's done, you want to please him. So you grow spiritually. So I think because so much of, um, of just life is, does take place in the mind. I think that is a very big, big reason for me. So what advice would you give uh, homeschool moms this week as just a simple self-care strategy for them to hold on to or to practice so that they can enjoy their homeschools? So I would say in terms of practice, once again, it's individual for everyone. It may sound very trite to say have a bubble bath. For me, locking my door and locking the next door to the bathroom, so double lock situation, and going into the bathtub and just having a bubble bath. Like, obviously, if you're if you're single or your husband isn't there to watch the kids, there aren't, you can't always just have one when you want to, but I just found that it was relaxing and it was like my time and it was encouraged too if I was stressed out, but you know what your thing is, what you need to go for. My mom used to go for a walk at the end of the school day, maybe depending what shift my dad was on, she would go for a walk before supper every day. And that was her time. She just needed to be alone 
get some exercise, like whatever you need, find, find out what that is and then find a way to get it. And I would say communicate with your spouse because if they don't actually know what we need, unless we tell them usually. So if you recruit their support, um, then they can help you make it happen. So that is advice. But I would also say not so much as a practice, but more as a mindset. Don't like, don't be so hard on yourself. Try to do something fun with your kids, not as something you feel guilty if you don't. But, you know, it's okay if you decide one afternoon, just put a picnic blanket on the front lawn and have some story books and like that's school. And those are the fun things they'll remember. I wish I'd done a lot more of those, but sometimes I did do that. So I just want to give you permission that you can like, don't be so hard on yourself. Don't try to teach eight subjects to four different grades in one day. You have to do it differently. So prevention. Prevention. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Yes. Yes. It has It's been a real pleasure to chat with you across the sound waves for the last almost an hour. And I wish we could do this every week. Has it been that long? I'm so energized. (laughs) Classic extrovert. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, Rowan, for being on Homeschool Mama Self-Care. I really appreciated chatting with you. Just even for me, chatting with you is like a self-care strategy. It was a pleasure to chat with you today, and I hope that everybody else has been blessed to maybe take a little nugget away from what we've been chatting about. Thanks so much. Thank you for joining me today. If you want to learn more about what I do, head over to www.capturingthecharmlife.com. The show notes will be there, and the links to everything that we've mentioned in this episode. Wasn't that fun? So I just wanted to remind everyone that Teresa will be launching her new book, Homeschool Mama Self-Care, which is a collaboration with Canadian A Educational Resources, my company, and Teresa herself. And also check out my book that we talked about in the podcast episode, which is Enough Already, Real Help for Homeschool, Burnout, Freakout, and So On Out. You can find links to both of those books in the show notes for this episode. Next week on the podcast, I'll be having a lovely conversation with Annette Valinga, and we do go down some rabbit trails, but that's okay because she's a rabbit breeder. Happy homeschooling, Canada. Thank you so much for listening. You can find helpful links and show notes for this episode at our website, canadahomeschools.com. Please share this podcast with your friends and leave a rating and positive review on your podcast provider. This will help others find their dose of inspiration and encouragement. Happy homeschooling, Canada! (laughs) 